Hello listeners, this is Zone 1 Digest, the absolute best of Zone 1 Radio, showcasing the highlights of Central London's community radio station's superb talents. According to the opinion of a hobgoblin-like man who lives in a cave somewhere and somehow learnt how to use a computer. I'm Stuart, that hobgoblin, and despite station founder Matthew Layton's threats, I am back hosting the show again this week. And in case of any further animosity on his part, I would also like to remind Matthew that I'm the one that happens to possess the negatives. Just thought I'd mention that. So yeah, speaking of the man who could make or break my career, I'm sorry, Matthew, please forgive me. Um, Here's some of Matthew Layton's excellent motorsport show to start out with. This week, he's rounded up some of his biggest and best interviews of the year. So technically, the following is a clip of a clip show within a clip show. A concept so complicated it's been known to cause brain hemorrhages. So here's Matthew having a chat about bringing F1 to the streets of London with Nigel Mansell and Martin Brundle, two men who need no introduction except the one that I just gave them. Over to you, Matthew. Yeah, but Red Bull, Red Bull should be flying. I hope McLaren should be flying. Um, Lewis is going to be going very, very well. Jensen's long overdue now to get back to his form. Is, he's just um, not getting on with the tyres, though, is he? I think that's part of the problem. Well, I think it's the balance. If you if you give Jensen the car, he'll be super quick, as he demonstrated in Canada with that fantastic win a year ago. But if you haven't got the balance of the car and you haven't got the confidence in the car, he can't do the job. And so he's just got to get the car underneath him again. Now, you've got to go. You've got so many people queuing up to talk to you. But obviously, as somebody who presents a programme about motorsport and music on the radio station for central London, there's kind of a lot of things in the air at the moment. I'm starting a campaign to bring the Grand Prix to London. I've been proactive about that. Uh, will you sign up for me? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is uh, Silverstone is just one of the most fantastic Grand Prix circuits in the world. If you come to London, it'll be another street circuit. Formula One, I think, has got enough street circuits sort of thing and uh, I think you know, leave it at Silverstone it'll be fine Nigel thank you very much thank for your time you. lovely to meet you thank, thank you, you. Um, so I think it's been proven the grid walk still your trademark um, it's not as easy as it looks I think others have proven that so far this season haven't they I've never seen one because I, I can't bear the door watching myself <laughs> on TV but uh, and I can hear people going yeah no nor can I <laughs> uh, there, there are yeah it's just fun and yeah. it's something I've been doing since 1997 I think there are a few people tried to do it and realised that yeah. when you don't know, if you do it live, if you really do it properly, 10 minutes unrehearsed, unscripted I love come it. hell or high water you've got to talk about something I love it when Bernie used to throw heads of state at you I thought, yeah, <laughs> he's made it so more real it's like great. fake prime ministers and whatever <laughs> he'd, he'd try and team me up with. Oh, listen, the story of the week I think for me, because we're in the, the dead season is... Um, dead season who, in F1 but sports car race is looking at Absolutely, but um, who's going to take that second seat of Ferrari Alex you first well that's that's not my call <laughs> that's not my call uh, I never professed forward yeah well me there we go yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a word for I you. never professed to be a team manager uh, not my job so I'm going to abstain you're going to abstain question, yeah. you're never going to shy away from having an opinion on such matters <laughs> That's my job, isn't it? I'm not allowed to sit on the fence. Uh, I think there's any number of young, bright young guys they could put in it, and they need to build for the future. I'd put up Sergio Perez, or it's a pity Robert Kubica hurt himself in the rally car because he would be an absolute no-brainer to put in the car. No, someone who I've met who I'm impressed with, um, Jaime Alvishwari. Is he good enough? Uh, he didn't appear to be when he was in the uh, 
Toro Rosso, but I'm not sure he's had a fair chance, to be honest. And you, you live and grow. He came to Formula One incredibly early, maybe a little bit too early. So you live and you grow and you develop. I mean, I, you I might came, do a Grosjean. I came to, to, yeah, you might well do. I came to Formula One at 24 years old, and I still felt like I was too young for it. He was in at 19 or 20, so I'd like to see him get a second chance, Algashwari. I think plonking him into the Ferrari alongside Alonso would fry his brain a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think it might. Um, one last question, gents. We're standing next to the London Eye. We're in central London. You were involved in that wonderful Santander stunt a couple of weeks ago about bringing the Grand Prix to London. Um, do you mean it? I did some voiceover for it. Uh, I did, it was a marketing thing, really, wasn't it? But it, it would be good to see a London Grand Prix. But the reality is it's not going to be downtown because it just... Can you imagine closing it for a month like they do Monaco and putting the barriers up or cutting a few trees down in Hyde Park or something with some grandstands? I don't think that's going to happen. It might happen in the Olympic Park, but... We've got a fantastic facility at Silverstone, and it puts something into the important British motorsport industry 365 days a year, and we must not lose that. London GP can be heard every week on Zone1Radio.com. This is Zone One Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Zone One Digest, where I, a shaggy-bearded, trampy, snarky Zone One Radio goblin, steals bits of other people's shows and repurposes them for the reasons of it gets me listens and Twitter followers. Speaking of repeating stuff that other people made, who here likes TV? I thought so. And who here always forgets when something's on and misses an episode of it? Even though nowadays it's available online for seven days after it's been broadcast. Who still misses it? Same, it's a common problem that can be cured by illegal downloading. Which I'm not encouraging, but it can cure it. But those of you who prefer to follow the law, there's a company out there called Tank Top TV who found a solution for this common problem. Viv Oyalu of Dream Corner went and spoke to the founder, Liz Rice, to hear more. So let's head over to Dream Corner now for possible solutions to the problems presented by the Idiot Box. So Liz is the co-founder of Tank Top TV and Tank Top TV aggregates data about TV programs av- available to watch online from a number of different channels and providers and lets users create a, a personalized program listing uh, that reflects what they like to watch. That's about the size of it, yeah. We, uh, we basically want to make it really easy for people to find TV programs and movies that they're really going to enjoy watching you know across all these different services you know we quite often turn on the tv and think there's nothing on but actually there are literally thousands and thousands of programs out there to watch for free and a ton of movies out there for maybe their premium movie channels but you know pretty reasonable prices so much content out there and it should be a lot easier to navigate and explore and find things that you want to watch so how did you come up with the idea um, well, it's kind of a funny, completely different story. My husband and I both do quite a lot of cycling. And in the winter, when it's really horrible weather, we quite often sit in the garage and just cycle on stationary trainers. And it's really, really, really boring. So on-demand TV is fantastic. You know, it gives you something to distract you from the pain of cycling for hours in the garage. But we found it really annoying trying to find something interesting to watch. And um, this is actually about three years ago. Phil put together a, a really sort of 
quick prototype of how you could pull together all the listings into one place and get rid of things that you're not interested in and we kind of took it from there it sort of started to feel like something that other people might be interested in too and um I used to work for Last FM, so I know a little bit about recommendations, and uh, it, it seems to make a lot of sense to build recommendations for in, well into the service. So, uh, so it's kind of been growing since then. You fail to add that yourself and your husband are, are IT geeks because <laughs> <laughs> we certainly are. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way you you would have figured it out so quickly to put together. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess you know we both think about things in kind of an engineering sort of a way. <laughs> So you must have done a bit more research to see what the gap was in the market. Um, well, there's loads of research out there about how people are watching more and more content on demand. We watch, you know, broadcast TV for live events. You know, if you're watching sport or you're watching, I don't know, X Factor or Strictly or something, watching that live does make sense. But for everything else, people are watching increasingly on demand. And if I was, you know, the sort of person who can remember figures, I'd be able to tell you what percentage, but it's really high. So that really kind of drove us to thinking about, well, if we're going to watch more content on demand, We need much, much better ways of exploring what's available. That had really informed quite a lot of our, you know, we're thinking about what it's going to be like in two years, five years, uh, you know, to to navigate all this content. And, you know, we've also just been sort of sending things out to, you know, our friends, doing like landing page tests, all that kind of lean startup stuff where you, uh, you know, just do a few Google ads and see what what people respond to. So that's all been pretty positive and helpful. So, uh, you know, I think we're quite aware that for a set of people... What we're doing isn't relevant. For people who just watch broadcast TV, what we're doing isn't relevant. But increasingly, those people are watching content on demand when it suits them. People are watching TV much more on different devices. People are, you know, they're watching on the train, they're watching on the on their iPads, they're sitting on the sofa, they're being, you know, watching in their bedrooms on their tablets or their laptops. So, uh, you know, how we find all this content needs to change. And, you know, we don't believe that that kind of time-based program guide that you see on every set-top box that just doesn't make sense. Dream Corner can be heard every week on zone1radio.com. zone1radio.com. Hello listeners, welcome to Zone 1 Digest, sponging off more talented people since 2012. And now goodbye to Zone 1 Digest as I have to go finish waxing our station founder Matthew Layton's car as an apology for my snarky little comments. Hallowed be thy name, all hail Matthew Layton. We offer you the master a clip from In Good Taste, where they had a traditional Italian Christmas. Um, yeah, I promise I'll never do that again, I'm sorry. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm Stuart Hardy, and make sure to stay tuned to all the great content coming up every week on Zone1Radio.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at our Twitter handle at Zeb1Radio. See you next week, and here's some of our awesome little food show, In Good Taste's Christmas special. Over to you, In Good Taste. This is Zone1Radio. But now how can we recreate an Italian Christmas in London? Angel Dutt went to Valentina's, an Italian deli in Putney, to see what she could find out. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? My name is Fabio Arcari and I'm a partner at Valentina Fine Foods. Can you tell me about Valentina's and how it came to be one of London's most established Italian delicatessens? Well, it's been going since 1991. We're, we're a family-run business, and I think that comes across to our customers, and they like the fact that they can, you know, come and see the family. Literally, we're here working every day. If there's some suggestions from customers, we hear it, and we can make things happen. So how have things changed at Valentina's since you first started in 1991? 
Um, well, it was originally just a delicatessen, and I think it was five years ago now we put a restaurant on the back of the Sheen branch, uh, and things went really, really well for us with that. People were asking, why don't you open here, why don't you open here, and um, we ended up opening here in Putney for our second branch. It, it done extremely well, both with Delhi and the restaurant. You know, we've got a large family, so it, we've now got to a position where there's five sites and each of the, the cousins in the family have their own Valentina, so it's still very much a family business. It's great how you've grown organically and kept the business within the family. I think that's key to our success, if you like. It's very loyal. There is so much passion in it for it. You know, we don't just trust anyone to run any of our stores. It's literally family, and we do get together and talk about things. That's the key to our success, I would say. We're packed out with panettones and mainly sweet stuff, and it, it does get very, very busy, especially with our online side of things as well. Panettone is a traditional Christmas cake that would be given on Christmas, and I would say that every every person in Italy probably has a panettone at Christmas, which is especially over here has become more and more well known. I would say about you know four or five years ago, not many people knew what a panettone was. Now people do know what it is, and they come in asking. They want to ask for specific panettone as well now, so it's become a lot more well known over here. It all sounds amazing and delicious. But for our non-Italian listeners out there, do you have any suggestions on how they can integrate Italian culinary traditions into their Christmas dinner? When it comes to dessert, there's so much to choose from. As we've mentioned the panettone, the other cake that's given, which isn't so uh, familiar over here, is called a pandoro, which is uh, almost like a plain version of that with icing sugar. So it's a lot lighter and a lot more buttery. Um, that's one that I think maybe will be, be a bit more well-known uh, soon in the future. You've also got panforte, which is like a, um, a, a cake which is fantastic with coffee. It's like um, candied fruits, honey and uh, almonds. It's, it goes quite high. It's dusted with icing sugar. That's fantastic as a dessert. Or even the torone, which a lot more people know is nougat. Um, and there's so many different varieties, the soft, the hard, the chocolate-covered ones. It's, it's anything like that, I would say, makes it a little bit more Italian just for the dessert, the sweet side of things. If you're going to have a coffee or something, a little piece of torone, a little bit of panforte, it you know, just goes down pretty well. Savory-wise, I mean, what you could have, obviously, in Italy, it would be more traditional to have an affettati, like some sliced meats, some sliced cured meats. Um, as I said, followed by a primo piatti, which would probably be your lasagna. Uh, and then uh, what would be more similar to an English, it would be like a, a roast. It's not necessarily turkey that they have in Italy, so it would probably be something like a, a maiale, a pork, um, or even lamb. Lamb's quite a, a popular sort of choice as a main, as a meat dish, uh, before you go on to your desserts. On the island to the Sunset Strip Somebody's gonna make a happy trip Tonight While the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To give the corners of the girls and boys So day Santa comes on day Come a-callin' when the snow's the most And all your cats are sleeping warm as toes And you can flip with old Saint Nick There's a lick on a peppermint stick That was Andrew Dutt speaking to Fabio from Valentina's in Putney Now the end of the show is almost drawing to a close But before we run to Valentina's to order our Christmas panettones We leave you with Lucy who is in Rome waiting to share another of her favourite Italian eateries. 
Ciao. I'm here in Testaccio about to go into my favorite neighborhood, Trattoria, the Trattoria Bucatino. I love this place. The owner, Rocando, is the flirtiest 80-year-old you ever met. Vuole pasta con bacon e artichoke? No. Uno vongole, uno legatoni alla pagiata? Sì. Uno, oh no, you guys have the truffle, right? Do, yeah. Due fettuccine cremolate a tartufo. I'm eating legatoni alla pagiata, which is a circular penne type pasta with carved entrails. I mean, it can look a little bit off-putting to a Western audience because you've got these kind of tubular guts <laughs> to put it bluntly staring at you from the plate but when you get past that and just stick it in your mouth and taste it it really is delicious Zone One Radio In Good Taste can be heard every week on zone1radio.com